Welcome to The Digital Couch, a podcast by Value First, featuring global thinkers and their stories. Over to your host now. Following is an excerpt of a conversation between Vish Bajaj of Value First and Mark Gilbert of Twilio at Conversations event. Bringing up uh, a fireside chat, which focuses on how important is it for your inter- is it today for enterprises to be truly available 24-7? We have Vishwati Bajaj from Value First. We, all, we also have Mark Gilbert from Twilio. Over to you, gentlemen. Good to be with you on this fireside chat. I've been looking forward to talking to you because, you know, I've had a few questions in my mind, which I thought I will learn from you, your experiences in your markets. And of course, you have been operating in multiple countries, so it will be a great insight. And likewise, I know you might have some questions for me, so we could get going. That sounds great. So shall I start with the first question? Yeah, let's hop into it. Okay. So I think uh, it's a bit uh, very generic question. Uh, We all are consumers at the end of the day. And, you know, uh, we get communicated by brands in multiple ways. So I just wanted to hear from you as how you feel as a consumer that uh, what makes you love or hate a brand? Yeah, that's a good question because there's just so many different, you know, experiences, I think, especially in the last year and a half that we've seen uh, digitally, but, but even, you know, in person, um, you know, what, what really makes a brand for me, something that I love, there's really two big aspects to it. I think one is understanding me. And so, you know, when I want to, when I want to interact with it, when I want to maybe buy something, fix something, get information, it's there and there, however I want, right. Whether I want to do it on my mobile phone, um, you know, whether I want to message someone, talk to someone, um, that's a big, big aspect for me. And the second piece is really consistency, right? So that a brand kind of knows what a, what a brand is and, and honestly what it isn't. And I think that's hard for a lot of brands. But I would say when, when a company combines those two aspects really well, um, that's typically when I really, really like a brand, even though they may have very different things that they stand for. So for us, you know, for me, at least as an example, you know, I, I use Apple products a lot. Um, you know, both their phones, their, you know, their iPads and and laptops, and they are highly consistent. I know, you know, they're not always the cheapest or ever the cheapest probably, but I know exactly how to work with them. They're really easy to use. Uh, And they're really, as a company, they're really easy to interact with. And I would say on the flip side, if I look at an Amazon, very different brand promise, but also highly consistent, right? They're, they're kind of taking care of me. They're making sure that I get good value. That's, that's essentially their view of the world. So those for me are really the the two big things I think that I love. And just to, you also asked kind of like what, what makes me not love a brand. <laughs> um, I would say when you see a brand change a lot or when a brand is, is frankly bugging you, right? Yeah. Like either in the sense of, you know, sending you things when you really don't want them and you just start to dismiss them. Uh, or the opposite is when you want to get a hold of them and you just can't, right? They insist that you call at a certain time during the day or they insist, you know, in, in certain things that are just not how, you know, I typically would like to work or makes it easy for me to work with them. So yeah, at a high level, that's kind of how I look at, um, you know, all that being said, a lot of this, you know, for you and I being here is really around the CPAS industry and, and helping brands. That's a lot of, you know, both, both of our jobs. 
Um, I think it'd be great to get an idea of how the CPaaS industry, as you see it, Vish, is helping brands and kind of its transition to really helping about the right customer experience and, uh, you know, moving from just messaging to APIs, chatbot, cross-channel, all of that. What's your take on what's going on? Sure. I think, uh, first of all, awesome description of uh, being a consumer. I think you already spoke of what could be holy grail for the marketeer because that's a tough problem to solve in a completely consistent way, being available where the consumer is, just doing the right thing, so when the consumer is expecting, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, as a CPaaS player, we all have a job to do, and that is what we are attempting to solve. And it has been a journey. And if you see, for example, as Value First, when we started off, we were a single channel, we were a SMS company, so slowly as time evolved, we added other channels. So we started offering voice, we added email, we started doing push notifications. So the initial part of our journey was to add more channels in our portfolio. And once that was done, we also started realizing that the buyer, basically our customers who want to delight their consumers, they started looking for like a multi-channel platform. For example, they could do a single sign-on and consume their spends with us on any channel. Uh, so they could buy credits and they could use it for SMS, voice, email, etc. So that journey we saw as a multi-channel CPaaS player. But then we very quickly saw that the needs of marketeers had evolved. They were looking for a truly cross-channel experience. Meaning you create a campaign which can flow from one channel to another and there is no uh, gap in the mind of the campaign creator that, well, the, they think that, okay, the consumer has woken up, maybe he can get an SMS and if the consumer responds to the SMS, it can uh, lead to an email communication if the consumer responds to an email then a voice call can happen so they want to stitch together the communication as per the consumer journey as per his channels where he might be available as per some kind of predictive predictive insights in fact that also leads me to the next step of evolution which we saw within our own journey as a cpas player that single channel multi-channel cross-channel and then uh, all this needed to be supported with a lot of predictive insights. So we started using AI, we started using NLP and so on. So essentially, if you see, we are trying to help our customers uh, reach their consumer just exactly like what you said, what would delight you as a consumer. So it's a tough journey, but it is work in progress. And I'm sure there is a lot more to be done to help our customers. On that note, I also have a question because, you know, whilst all this has happened, but something fundamentally changed in our lives, pandemic happened. So that situation, of course, has led to pretty much not only ourselves, but our customers change in how they look at uh, uh, technology, they change their behaviors toward procurement of technology change their agendas on digital transformation. So everything is like a little bit fast forward across verticals. So I would like to know from you, how, how do you think uh, has uh, CPAS industry been influenced in your part of the world through the pandemic? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I'll tell you what we've seen, you know, in the last, you know, I guess it's been 18 months now uh, or more, you know, as, as you said, overall, there's been this like huge acceleration to, you know, what we think of as the future, like things that we would see companies normally take three to four years to do, you know, they've had to do sometimes in months. Um, and, you know, from, from our business and, you know, as you said, all of our customers have had to change how they work with their customers or consumers. And that's forced us to change as well to, to help better serve them. And I think what you've seen in the C-plus layers and the platforms uh, has evolved a lot in the last year, you know, year, year and a half. Specifically for us, you know, we saw some customers just have um, very crazy volume spikes that they've never had to deal with before. So we have, we serve a lot of uh, online travel customers in the US and, you know, at the start of the pandemic when everything locks down, um, the amount of call volumes they were reaching uh, were just were frankly crazy compared to anything we would ever expect or anything that they would have. So in a, in a very positive way, the elasticity of the CPaaS platforms allowed them to scale a lot quicker. But they had a lot of challenges. Like we, you know, had a number of people that had, I would say, more traditional kind of on-premise call centers. And you can't, as you know very well, you you can't change one of those out in in a week, you know. And the problem is that nobody could go to these physical call centers anymore. And so we saw a lot of hybrid solutions getting out right away. And it actually forced us to uh, to really get a set of systems in place. Uh, and models to allow people to more easily consume CPaaS. And so as an example, one of these uh, very large travel providers, instead of being able to change their on-premise um, system, what they did is they actually put a bunch of Twilio things in front of it so that when you called it, they could automatically route to the right spots and get it to people outside of their call centers who maybe were at home or anywhere else, um, still allowing some of the traffic to go through kind of the traditional path, but most of it starting to go separately. Um, and that allowed them to just scale, you know, very quickly. And as you'd imagine, as soon as they did that, then they start putting, you know, uh, machine learning on that. They start to put more intelligence on that because again, it's programmable and very easy to go change. So we saw, you know, a huge push through that, uh, as I know you did as well, we saw just volumes, um, you know, and certain businesses that we were just surprised, honestly, that got online so quickly, just take off. And so, you know, they almost always went from one-way messaging um, to two-way because they really wanted to converse with their customers and they had to because often the phone lines just got you know more and more busy and uh and what we saw are these i would say the experience between um you know the physical world and the digital world really started to connect in mm. so whether that was things like grocery delivery whether that was things like you know delivering any other physical goods for us restaurants all of these types of things just completely changed you know and in, in the you know snap of fingers you just saw their entire business change, right? Where they used to maybe a, a restaurant would do no delivery uh, in the US, you know, they would go from not just to 10 or 20%, but they would go to 80 to 100% delivery right away, even for, for some of our higher end kind of fine dining places. So it's really interesting just to see across the industries on what happened, but I would say overall, it allowed us to kind of lower the barrier. And it obviously was a big accelerant for people to start to adopt better and better ways of communicating with their customers. Because all of a sudden, you know, they had a lot of people who needed things from them. And those people could almost never go meet them in person, at least here in the U.S. for a long time, just because the stores were forced to be closed. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was really a, a huge change. You know, as I look back at it, I'm sure you saw a lot of very interesting things, too. What, you know, what was the sector that surprised you the most, Vish, 
like, you know, retail was a huge surprise for me. Just you'd look at these brick and mortar stores. Like for us, you know, Walmart is a big store. Yeah. And uh, and they just went to online shopping. Like my parents started using them. They'd never, ever ordered online before with that and uh, and pick it up. And I don't think they're going to go back. Like they will they will do a hybrid. But, you know, that that online experience will still be key for them. What was the biggest surprise for you? I think very, very similar. But I will before I answer the question, I will tell you one very specific uh use case basically we we never thought a battery company would use sms in any way like they're making car batteries so this company contacted us that we want to run an sms campaign in the country because people were not moving out of their homes the car batteries could have for example because of no use of the car the battery would have died etc so they wanted to guide people how to maintain the battery life in the pandemic period. So they started communicating with consumers. So they created some connect with the consumer. So it was a great opportunity for somebody who would have not used this medium to use the medium in the pandemic time. So this is one very interesting kind of example. But in general, on a very uh, where scale happened. So I think we started seeing direct to consumer initiatives from many, many brands. So whether it was a small brick and mortar store or a large brand, and it could be companies who did not really believe in online, just like how you were describing. So yeah. we saw companies uh, asking us to build conversational commerce kind of solutions for them. For example, they would send an SMS out and then SMS would trigger a chatbot. So we had our, we integrated our chatbot solution in it. And then within the chatbot, they would present the SKUs. Okay, these are the five products. Would you like to buy? And within the chatbot, there was uh, integration with the payment gateway. So they would also collect the money from the consumer. So okay. complete uh, from outreach, like a marketing to sales closure happening using this technology on a direct to consumer initiative. So that I think was the big one for us. And we continue to see many such use cases in the country. So we are happy that we are here in this space and uh, it is great business opportunity for us, but also I think it is us uh, getting the opportunity to help many brands serve their customers better. That's great. One of the, one of the things I think we just love to see is when when a company uses us in a way that we never expected to have a really interesting yes. experience, like the battery is a, is a super good example of that. That's exactly. fantastic. That's really interesting. In fact, on that note, I will ask you my last question. Uh, what do you think? It's a little bit of crystal gazing, forward looking. Uh, how do you think brands will use CPaaS or technology or something uh, in terms of it could be process, it could be technology, how they will connect with their consumers in 2022? That's a good question. Uh, we love crystal gazing, so I have, I have no, no worries yeah. about, uh, about talking about the future in this. You know, I think we've seen pockets of this already. We've seen some of the largest consumer brands, especially as you said, some of the best that are doing direct to consumer with really good experiences and how they're looking at it. We look at the large internet companies and they essentially have a set of technologies that you know traditionally has been really hard for a smaller brand potentially to get access to. And now what we're seeing is, you know, those are getting into the CPaaS platforms as well. So I would say, you know, starting from almost the, the simplest through to the most advanced, I think we've seen most brands at this point go what we would say conversational. 
so they've gone from one way to two way. And I would say if someone hasn't done that, like, you know, that that just frankly needs to happen. Otherwise, their consumers are going to find another brand that's easier to work with. With with conversational goes to multi-channel, mm-hmm. right? As you said, you know, not only will I maybe prefer to text and you may prefer to email or vice versa, but very often during the day or during a, a, an interaction, we may want to shift, right? Like I may, I may text with someone and then want to pick up the phone and call them or have them call me or something like that based on, you know, my work schedule, what's going on, all of these things. And so I think we see conversational, then we see multi-channel. And I would say most of the, most of the, you know, more tech leading companies that we work with uh, have already gotten through those phases, right? Like that was, that was 2020, frankly, and, you know, a little bit of 2021. And then the next two big phases that we see are one is once that happens, people start to see more and more volume, right? Just because the brand is easier to communicate with. And that should be viewed as good, right? Because if you think about it, you know, like if a sales team gets a call from a customer, they love it. If a support team gets a call from a customer, you know, they're worried about it. The reality is all of those are interactions with customers and you need to just make them work together and, and treat it as an opportunity to help help the consumer and, you know, work them through. But I would say with that volume, depending on the brand, but any any brand that's typically higher volume, you'll start to see, as you mentioned, things like chatbots and AI get into play because they have to to scale, right? And honestly, it's not just a scaling and a cost. It also offers a better customer experience for a lot of simple things, right? If somebody wants to get, understand where their package is, if somebody wants to get very simple answers to questions, chatbots are are faster and actually typically, you know, preferred by customers to get it as long as they're done properly. But then as we see that, the next big phase is really getting into understanding your customers and how your how your customers and I'll say consumers are different from each other right so it you know at, at Twilio we've as you know we've invested very heavily uh, in a company now a product called segment that we're very excited about that allows us to essentially look at all these communications across the channels all of the interactions right whether it's on our on our CPAS platform whether it's in maybe the the company or brand's mobile application with the customer or a variety of other sources it allows us to essentially get all of the data together and really start to understand what are different customers, right? And how do they want to interact with us? Because again, what, what you'll start to see is that different people uh, will want to get uh, you know, more frequent notifications, less frequent notifications, more frequent information about new products, less frequent. And again, if you think through some of the probably most successful brands you know, in the world, you've seen this already, right? Like they know how to kind of dial up their communication or dial down their communication. Yeah. They know when to get you in-app versus message versus email. And what we really want to enable, and we're starting to see the, the most advanced brands is really doing that, right? Is really having a really good read. And, and once they get to that phase, they now are at a spot where any of their customers can communicate with them however they want, which is fantastic. The channel doesn't really matter. Right, whether you're communicating with them for a, uh, you know, let's say a support or an existing issue or potentially a new issue, that all starts to merge together, which gets which gets really good. The common requests are handled by chatbots and AI, and at the end of the day, the company has a much 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 better understanding of their customers and what their brand is giving to them because they can now start to program on top of that and say, for these types of people, I want to send this offer. For these types of people. I want to do this thing, right? I know these people like phone. I know these people like email. I know these people like messaging, whatever that is, along with like, we know at certain times of the day that they're more responsive. They like to get these things, all of these different things you can do. And you can now do it programmatically just because you have so much data 
essentially in a central repository that that uh, you know these like consumer customer data platforms that allow you to just look across everything and uh, and really get a read for your customers. So that's how we see that from our our most advanced brands. That's what we see them doing in 2022. We've already started it in 2021 and starting to get more and more usage out of that. Are you seeing a similar thing, or or what's what's your future view? I think uh, it's pretty similar, and I am. Uh... I must confess, admit that we're looking forward to bringing segment to India as well. So we are waiting that we can serve our customers better with all that intelligence, which you already have been now deploying in your market. So all of those things which you mentioned, we are already doing it in our part of the world. But uh, clearly the need to be more intelligent in how you communicate, that is being expressed by both CMOs and CIOs. So we would really like to serve them in the right way. And coming back to the beginning of the conversation, delight the consumer so that consumers love the brands. And our job is to help all the brands. And I look forward to serving our customers in the right way. So wonderful talking to you, Mark. Thank you so much for this great conversation. And I hope listeners find it insightful. Thank you so much. Yeah, you as well, Vish. Thanks, everyone. And looking forward to working with you more in 2022. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it useful. Do write to us at thedigitalcouch at vfirst.com for any suggestions. To know more about Value First, visit www.vfirst.com. See you in our next episode. Till then, keep spreading joy.